They're going to be ministering in both services today, and I know you're going to enjoy it. And um, so this is the adult Sunday school class. And then at, after, uh, before Jonathan preaches at the 11 o'clock service, you're going to get to hear Nikki sing, and that's going to be a blessing too. So you're just in for a treat today. Let's welcome Brother and Sister Haney. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, we came down for the, our Bible college reunion, and while we were close by, the grant said, why don't you guys come down for Sunday? And so it's hard for us to break away from our church on a Sunday, uh, um, but we just happened to have somebody scheduled to come and preach for us. And so I told him, I said, look, I wanted to be there, but I'm not, I'm not going to be there, so you can just take care of it. And we're going to be in Baytown, so it's good to be with you here today. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. My wife packed up all the iPads and all the, all the stuff that we would need, and we left it on the bed at home. So this morning I'm going to try to preach off of my phone. First Kings chapter 19 and verse 19. And it says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father, my mother, and I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back, for what have I done to thee? And uh, basically, he was saying, go back again, go ahead and do that, but consider what I have done to the ear I've called you. And verse 21 says, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of the oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. And then he arose and he went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Amen. I'm, I'm going to talk to us this morning about what does it mean to serve the Lord? What does it mean to serve the Lord? I'm sure many of us here today have a good idea about it, but let's just dive into it a little bit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for your anointing. God, we pray that you'd open our eyes to, to a fresh word today. Open up our hearts to receive from you, God, that we could leave here today, God, with a mindset, with something to do, with a purpose, a, a, a greater understanding of our purpose in the kingdom of God. I pray that you would help us. It's only by your anointing, God. It's only by your power. It's only by your spirit, God, that we can hear, that we can see, that we can understand. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. You can be seated. I find it interesting when we begin to talk about what does it mean to be a servant, when we begin to dive into uh, Elisha. And Elisha was just a hardworking guy. We know he was a hardworking guy because the Bible says he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And he was he was there probably towards the end of his day. He was tired. He was weary. He was wore out. Probably kind of was like a Wednesday when like a Wednesday night after you've been working all day and you're wore out. And here Elijah comes by and and he throws his mantle on him, and signifying that he was choosing him, that he was calling him to come and and follow him, that he was uh, 
giving him a responsibility and a job that he could be uh, the next prophet. And uh, all of this kind of realization came in on him just just that quick. And, and Elisha realized here, he said, hey, uh, I'm at the end of my day. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I'm tired. But, but I think there's an opportunity here to do more than what I've been doing. I think there's an opportunity here to serve the Lord um, in a different capacity. I believe that Elisha was a man who served the Lord. He served the Lord with his work. He served the Lord in his service. He served the Lord, I believe, in his giving. He, 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 uh, I'm sure he supported the kingdom of God in every way that he could, and he was a hard-working guy, and I think it's important. I think God looks for people who are willing to work hard. He looks for people who are willing to say, God, if there's something to do, if there's something to be involved in, I want to be involved in it. I want to be a part of it. I, I, whatever it is. And so I believe that Elisha was, had already set himself up to be used of God. But it, he didn't go from plowing in the field to striking the water of the, the river just like that. The Bible says that Elisha went back. He said, okay, wait a second. Just wait on me. I need to go tell my parents bye. And he came back and he sacrificed the oxen and he burned up the tools of his trade. And he said, okay, I'm ready to serve God in whatever capacity he has for me. It's so, it's so powerful when somebody comes to God and they say, God, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice to serve you the way that you're asking me to serve you. I was talking to my wife not too long ago, and I said, where are the true conversions? Because we've had a lot of people come to church, and they receive the Holy Ghost, and they get baptized in Jesus' name. But it's like their life doesn't really change that much. They're not serving God like we saw you know, conversion of my parents and people that I saw growing up and, and God just transforming people and they just become powerhouses of anointing. And, you know, first week out of having the Holy Ghost, they're going to the hospital and praying for the sick and raising people, you know. And it's just like, where is it? God, we need this. We need this kind of servant mentality. And I think that our, our culture today has come to the place that we're so used to being fed. We're so used to being entertained. We're so used to being served. Everywhere we go, and, and it's just because we live in America. I mean, the poorest among us is still has more than many of people of this world. And it's really just a mentality that we have. And, and if you look back at Pentecost, at people who, who came to God, I was just on the Texas district campground, and I was talking to an elderly man, and he was telling me, I remember when we built this building, he was saying, and, and he said it was just a roof. There were no walls, he said, and it was a sawdust floor. And I, I mean, it's an old building to me, and I'm seeing concrete floors and closed in and trimmed out and lights and air conditioning, and I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of out of date, you know, it really could fix this up a little bit, and you know, you know how, it's just like, and he's telling me it used to be sawdust, and it used to be big fans and kicking up the dust, and they would run the aisles, and you know, they didn't care if they got dusty and dirty and sweaty and all of this, and I'm thinking, man, but they had something. They were serving God with gladness. They were digging in, and it didn't matter if it was hot. It didn't matter if it was raining, if they had to track through the mud. They said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to church. I'm going to camp. I'm, I'm going to get in there. And I think that it's very important that we stop every once in a while and we recognize, thank you, God, for your blessings. 
thank you, God, for what you've given me, but help me to use the blessings in order to better serve you, not in order for me to be served myself. And so we have to be careful with that. And so I believe Elisha was a man of God. He he, he was serving God in his work, and, and he, he was willing, I believe, to serve God in that capacity his whole life. He had a right mindset. He had a right attitude, and he was serving God, and that's why God chose him to go to another level. And here he was. Uh, he obviously was the best at his trade. Um, he, he was very proficient at what he did, and yet Elijah said, hey, come and serve me. And so he, he went, and the Bible says in verse 21, then he arose, and he went after Elijah, and he ministered unto him. I think many times the key is we, when we come to God, and maybe you're stepping into ministry, or maybe you begin to teach, or whatever. I mean, when we think of ministry, we think of the mic. We think of the platform. We think of the instruments. We think of all... but. Elijah stepped, or Elisha stepped into ministry by pouring water over the hands of Elisha, or Elijah. I always get the two confused. He, you know what I mean, so that's the last time I'll try to clarify that. You'll figure it out. He ministered to him by getting down on his knees and washing his feet after a long day of walking in the dust and the dirt. He ministered to him by, by Elisha, you know, Elisha was, was uh, older and, and up in years, and they'd get to the place where they're staying, and he would go and get the things to get together for their meal, and he would make the, the arrangements, and he ministered unto him. He, he wasn't ministering to the people. He wasn't out there prophesying and, and preaching. He wasn't out there striking the Jordan River and opening it up. He wasn't doing those things. He wasn't raising the dead and, he, you know, doing all these miracles, but he said, you know what? I sacrifice it all to do whatever God wants me to do. Man of God, what can I do? I want to be a minister. I, I, I want to wash your feet. I want to, I want to minister to you. And, and hereby we see that Elisha had the right mindset. He's, he's, he's plowing in the field with the mindset of, God, I'm going to serve you. I think many times when I have to get out there and do manual labor and work, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking many times I'm trying to do it for an individual or I'm trying to do it for an employer. I'm doing trying to please their expectations, but I realized a long time ago that everybody has different expectations and you can't you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all the time. But you know what I realized? That when I work as unto the Lord, it seems like people are a lot happier. When I do everything for God, it seems like things just seem to work out. And, and even when there's a problem with an individual, God can take care of it. Why? Because I'm serving the Lord with gladness. And so Elisha served Elijah. He wasn't, he wasn't the front runner. He wasn't that man. But, but we can see that he had a right attitude. And he said, God, I am going to serve you. And so um, if we want to skip up to 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 11, you begin to see where after he's followed Elijah for a while and he's been that servant, he's, he hasn't been known as a prophet. He hasn't been known as a man of God. He's just the personal assistant, if you will. He's just a servant. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. <laughs> he said, I, I would rather be, be just the person that opens the door and keeps. But you know what? I did some research into that. And I've, I've had some people say, well, I might not ever, you know, be a minister or do something big in the church. 
I guess I'm just a doorkeeper. And they say it with this kind of downtrodden attitude. And I say, no, 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 no. You need to understand that the doorkeeper in the temple did a lot more than just keep the door. But many times they would not only open the door, they were there early to let people in, but then they would lead in worship. They would say, come on, let's go. They, they didn't just open up the door to the physical place, but they opened up the door to worship. They were the ones singing and clapping and dancing and playing the instruments. That's what a doorkeeper did. And so when I begin to teach our church that, hey, don't just think that, uh, you know, any job, you might just vacuum the church, but you know what? You can pray every over every square inch of that carpet while you're vacuuming. God, if somebody comes in here and needs the Holy Ghost and and they're in this spot in the church, uh, I pray that you'd fill them with the Holy Ghost. A doorkeeper, somebody who's a servant. But when you serve in the kingdom of God, it's much more than anything else you could do out there. This week I was was in those old tabernacles and buildings and many people stood up and they said, I remember Jerry, uh, Jerry Dean was talking about he was in, in uh, an old church and he said the church was running about 15. He said, but I looked over and he said, I couldn't stop because I remembered that it's in that spot that God filled me with the Holy Ghost. People remember. And so when you take care of the house of God, when you take care of the church, when you pray over pews and you pray, God, whoever sits here, God, let them be anointed and filled with your spirit. There's something powerful about serving the Lord in those capacities. It opens up the door to the holy of holies. It opens up the door to the kingdom of God. And so it's so very important that we understand that it's more than just serving in a low capacity. We are serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 11, it says, and it's talking about this story, that the king of Israel and the king of Judah, they were going out to battle, and they kind of got stuck in the wilderness. They ran out of water. Their plans had failed them, and they needed a word from the Lord. And the Bible says in uh, 2 Kings chapter 3 and 11, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him and one of the kings, uh, king of Israel's servants. See, servants pay attention. None of the, the, the people who were supposed to know what was going on knew what was going on. It was the servants that were saying, hey, I'm just a doorkeeper, but you know what? I know there's a man named Elisha, and he was just a servant as well. But I can tell you that he's connected with God. And he says, one of the servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. He didn't have this great pedigree. He didn't have something, you know, this resume. But what did he say? He said he poured water on the hands of Elijah. Do not look at what you do in the kingdom of God, whether it's showing up faithfully, paying your tithes, praying, being in the prayer room, being a part of the cleaning team, being a part of the outreach team. You may, you may never be that individual that, you know, that you, you would think, hey, that's ministry. But what you're doing is ministry. What you're doing is very important. I would say just as important, if not more important, than the guy who gets up and holds a mic or the individual who sings the song. Why? Because it's more important that the house of God be filled with people who need Jesus uh, than, than being entertained, uh, than coming and just going through the motions, than doing these types of things. We need to get people into the house of God, and we need to serve this world. We need to serve the Lord with gladness. 
And so he says, hey, this, this guy, Elijah, he poured, hand, he poured water on the hands uh, of Elijah, Elisha. And there I go again. And so he, he poured water on his hands, and they called him. And here this servant comes before the king, and the king basically asks him for a word. And it's funny, if you study this and read through that chapter, you find that Elisha looks him in the face, and he says, I don't care anything about you. <laughs> he said, you're a mess. He said, he, he looked at the king, he said, but, but because God is calling me to do this, he said, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And uh, verse 13, and Elisha says unto the king of Israel, what have I to do with thee? Um, get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. In other words, he's saying, here you are coming to a servant. But what about your prophets? What about the things that you've served? What about your idols? What about all the mess that you've been in? And he says, no, I understand that, that you've got a heart for the things of God. You were connected to the man of God. Can I tell you today that there's a lot of backsliders, there's a lot of people uh, in this city and in our world who know when things get really tough, they know who the true servants of the Most High are. They know who can pray, and they know that, hey, they might not show up to church every Sunday, and they may not, uh, you know, do everything just like you do it, but when things get tough, they're going to show up to the house of God, and Lord willing, we are still the faithful servants in the house of the Lord that can say, you know what, I'm not going to judge you, I'm not going to condemn you, but you know what, you know where to find healing, you know where to find salvation, you know where to find the answers. I always... I love the stories my mom tells of she works at Walmart. She's been there for 28 years. She's going to work 30 years and retire. But she tells stories of people who come in and they'll be complaining to somebody about their problems or their ailment or their sickness or whatever it may be. And the people at Walmart, they don't come to church. She's invited them many times, but a lot of the management and those around, they don't, they don't come to her Bible studies and stuff, but they know. And they say, you know what? You need to go talk to Jean Haney. And those people will come and they'll come over and they'll, they'll be telling her about their problem. And they expect her to say something like, okay, let me write that down and I'll put you on my prayer list and we'll pray for you this Sunday. But what she typically does is, is in the middle of Walmart is just reaches over and takes their hand and maybe lays a hand on their shoulder and said, let's pray right now. And they get a little uncomfortable and that's all right. And there's been times where people had migraine headaches and all kinds of different issues. And, and she's prayed and, and they look at her with wide eyes and say, what just happened? My head doesn't hurt any longer. I don't, I don't feel that pain anymore. What just happened to me? And they know where the servants of the Lord are. They know that by your faithfulness and by you serving God, and, and you might not have some grand position, or, but just serve the Lord in your workplace. Serve the Lord faithfully. Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, don't, be, don't be down and, and say, well, you know, i got to go to church so much, and we got prayer meeting tonight, and I'm just so tired. Don't complain about the things of, of serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. There's a lady that recently came to our church, and and I never heard the story, but 20 years ago when my mom first started working at Walmart, there was a lady there, and she was pregnant, and and the doctor was telling her the child was going to be a Down's baby and have Down syndrome and all this, and and uh, the doctor was telling uh, this lady to have an abortion. And my, my mom says, wait, don't go that route. Let's just pray. 
And so she said that the baby would not move in in the womb and maybe wouldn't have moved for a week or, you know, was very still. And my mom would lay her hand on the belly, on this lady's belly. And Paz said that when she would do that, she would feel this warmth and the baby would begin to move. And so she'd have a little faith and she'd come back a week or two later and she'd say, the doctor's still saying it. The doctor says it looks like the same the same problem. And mom would say, don't you do it. She said, let's pray again. And this went on for weeks and months and 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 pause had that baby. And and you know what? Morrow was born completely normal. He was born completely with. uh, That's my God. That's what God can do. And so Paz was telling me this. Morrow was 16 years old, and she finally decided they made their way from the Catholic Church to the Assembly of God Church and finally made their way to our church. You know, because we're kind of, you know, the servants of the Lord are a little crazy. We're just a little too far out there for some people. And they made it their way. And the first Sunday they were in church, Morrow came to the altar and he lifted his hands and God filled him with the Holy Ghost uh, just like that. And Paz came to me and she said, you know, this has come full circle for me. She said, because the lady that prayed for him when he was supposed to, when things weren't going right and we didn't know, she prayed for him and God healed him and now God's filled him with the Holy Ghost. People know that when you serve the Lord, that God will come through for you. It may not be the way that you think. It may not be in a certain, uh, you know, the way that you've been imagining it to happen, but God will come through for you. Can we just love him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Help us understand, God, that your servants are not left. Uh, God, your servants are not abandoned, but you love us, God, and you want us to work uh, and to be involved in your kingdom. So Elijah, he was he was just the servant, but God began to speak and Elijah said, "Bring a minstrel." And they played some music. And he got into the spirit and he began to tell them what they needed to do. And he said, make this valley full of ditches if you need water. And they dug ditches and they and throughout that desert and they went to bed thirsty that night. But the next morning, the Bible says about the time of sacrifice, they, the priests got up and they were make, getting ready for the sacrifice. There was water that came and flooded all those ditches and they had water for their animals and they had water for the soldiers. And God brought him through because this servant was truly a servant of the Lord. When we serve God, God will always come through. We need to remember the anointing of God. We need to remember the calling of God, what it was like when he called us the first time. What it was like when he felt the power of God surging through us. And understand that, God, there is more to this than just going through the motions There are going to be moments of anointing, moments of power, moments, God, where there's an overflowing and an abundance in my life. But in order to be a servant, we have to have the attitude that Elisha had. Elisha, when he when he went back and he sacrificed and he said goodbye to his family, he surrendered his freedom. He surrendered his his freedom to do what he wanted to do. And now he was bound to Elijah to do the the bidding of the man of God. Elijah probably wasn't perfect. We know he had his ups and downs. We know he had his moments of depression and issues and problems. And Elijah and Elisha said, it's all right, I'm going to serve. 
It's very important that when we, we begin to serve people, we realize that they're not perfect. And if you're waiting to serve the perfect pastor or the perfect ministry team or at the perfect church, you'll never find it. We can, we can look around and we can pick things apart. I, I think it's always funny that people will come to our church and they'll just compliment us on the music and compliment us on, you know, the, the decorations and compliment on the preaching and all of that. And just it can be just a few months later, they're tearing things apart because they want their freedom back. <laughs> they want to just go out and do what they want to do again. It's important that we keep the right attitude. And when you begin to see that people aren't perfect and that people sometimes have problems and that people are pitiful and not even the pastor is perfect, that you still say, God, I didn't just surrender my my freedom to go and be my own person. I surrendered to serve you in whatever place and whatever capacity you've called me to serve you in. You've called me to serve you, and so, God, I'm not going to just get my hackles up or bow up, however you want to say it today, but God, I'm going to serve you the way you've called me to serve you. I understand that I'm not serving this individual solely. I'm serving you through them. I'm serving you through this church. I'm serving you through serving my brother and my sister. It's very important that we understand that that God can use anybody He can call anybody. He can choose anybody. And it's not our job to figure out why he did it. There's been a lot of people God's called that I couldn't figure out why he called them. But you know what? I see him use them. And I have to understand that, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me. And so we we surrender our freedom. We, We turn it over to God. We allow God to use us and to work in our lives. We allow God to, to, uh, to basically take not my will, but thy will be done. And we surrender our freedom. We're free. We have the liberty that's in him, but we surrender our personal freedom. And so we, we surrender our time. That's a big one, isn't it? People say, well, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to get involved in that. I don't have time to, to go and serve, you know, the homeless or to do whatever or to go out on outreach. But I believe that to truly serve the Lord, we have to learn to surrender our time. Luke 17 and 7 says, if your servant comes in from plowing or from taking care of the sheep, would you say, welcome, come on in and have something to eat? Verse 8, Luke 17 says, no, you wouldn't say that. You would say, fix me something to eat. Get ready to serve me so I can have my meal. Then you can eat and drink. It's just being real. That's what a servant does. You know, my wife likes to say, well, you come home from work, and then you just lounge on the couch and drink, you know, a cold pop, you know, whatever you say in Texas, a cold Coke, you know, whether it's Sprite or Pepsi or whatever, still a Coke. But she said, you just sit on the, you sit on the couch, and you just, and your work day's over. And I'm still cooking, and I'm still taking care of the kids, and I'm still picking up. The law of servanthood, baby. No, I'm just kidding. I'd never say that. Wrong time, wrong place. Don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> but it's true. That, 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 that's how it is, that when we are serving one another, when we're serving, it's sometimes it is a major sacrifice of time, and we feel like, Will I ever get a break? 
And sometimes you just have to press through and say, God, I'm surrendering my time to you. Not only do we surrender our authority, I mean our freedom, but we surrender our time and authority. Luke chapter 7, verse 8, it says, For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do, and he doeth it. And so when you serve, you surrender authority. And you, instead of making all the decisions yourself, you need to go and pray about things. You need to say, God, is this really the direction I should go? God, is this really what you want for my life? You know, uh, many times in the church, we, you know, we get a job opportunity or something and, and, and we just accept it. And then pastor gets word three weeks later. I had, I had a couple in our church that um, I didn't even know what happened. I was, kept calling them and they wouldn't answer the phone. And I said, what, what's going on? And finally, a pastor from Alabama called me and said, hey, do you know about this couple? And I said, yeah. Uh, I think I do. <laughs> I said, um, what's going on? They said, well, they, they're coming to church now. And I said, well, as far as I know, they're a great couple. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I kind of wish that they would have come to me and said, hey, pastor, I'm thinking about taking this job opportunity. Would you would you pray with me about it? But that doesn't happen that much anymore. I'm not the kind of man that's going to say, no, don't go. But, hey, I'm going to say, let's pray about it. Let's make sure this is the will of God. And that's that's when we're a servant of the Lord, we need to serve wherever God plants us. We need to pray about things. We all need to go to our pastor. Even pastors have a pastor. And we just say, hey, I'm feeling like God is moving me towards this and opening up the doors. I need, I, we need to pray about this before we make a move. So we surrender our authority. These concepts are concepts that people of this world today and, and, Christ, and Christians today don't really live by anymore. We just kind of do our own thing. But we need to remember that we are servants of the Lord. That there may still be neighbors in your neighborhood that need you to witness to them. Just because you see a a bigger, nicer house somewhere down the way that you want to buy, maybe you should pray, God, have I finished my work in this neighborhood? I think that too many times we don't serve our neighbors. We just hit the garage door opener and we drive in and we never really talk to anybody. That'll preach. There was a, one of my friends who's an evangelist, his grandmother, his great-grandmother, she was in her 90s. And she would, she would, her ministry was she would go from nursing home or assisted living facility to assisted living facility. And she would pray about it. And she would, she would talk to her, her spiritual leadership. And she would say, she would pray about, God, where do you want me to go? And she'd get a name, like a city or something in her, in her mind. And she would just pack up and go. And she'd show up and she would knock every door in that assisted living facility. And she would find the local church and she would bring them to church and get them baptized in Jesus' name and pray them through to the Holy Ghost. And she'd get, you know, a handful of people she'd go through there. And when she felt like she had done all that she could, she'd pray again and God would move, move her to another one. And until she was like 90, she was up in her 90s, finally, after all of that, she said, when, when she was the week before she died, she told her grandson, she said, Jesse, I just don't know if God's, is, yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm done. I don't feel like God's done using me. I don't feel like I've, I've accomplished everything that God wants me to accomplish yet. I think a lot of times we, we get, you know, a little bit older. Or we kind of get to a place where we served God for about 20 years and we're like, okay, I put in my time, you know, time to just kind of relax. But she, it, Jesse, Brother Cornejo, he was telling me, he said, 
He said, it blew my mind that my grandmother felt like she still wasn't done serving the Lord. He said, it blew my mind that she was still thinking, God, there's got to be somebody else. And she was, even on her deathbed, she was writing down names of people that she wanted him to go finish teaching Bible studies to. And people that she was still thinking, God, you can save that person. You can save that individual. That put me under conviction. Because I can, I'll tell you that too many times I forget about my little list that I've had of people that I need to work with and people that I like to see in the house of God. Because I come to church sometimes and we just go through the motions and we worship and we have a good time. We had good church today. We had 200 people in church today. The question is, did anybody get the Holy Ghost? Did anybody get baptized in Jesus' name? Did you invite uh, somebody to church? Did you have them sitting on? Because the Bible says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Um, He was a servant to all. He served the lost and the broken. He wasn't interested in just being entertained and just showing up to to, uh, church. He was interested in serving. God is calling us to an attitude and a mentality of serving. And so we surrender our authority, and quickly, and in closing the next few minutes, he says, we surrender our authority, we, we should wash one another's feet, we should, we should serve one another. Jesus gave us that great example. Uh, we, we have to surrender our preferences, you know, what we prefer. We're so used to choices. We're so used to, you know, my kids get all these different choices everywhere we go, and finally, I just started ordering for them. I just started, you're going to have this. Don't, don't, you know, don't complain about it. Because I want them to learn what it means to just receive gratefully. I know I sound like a terrible dad. But sometimes we say, God, I want this. And God says, no, I'm going to give you this. And we say, but God, I don't want to drive that. But it's still a blessing. My wife still tells a story of when she's not in here so I can talk about her, but uh, she still tells a story of at Bible college. Somebody had given her a 19, a Delta 19, eight or an 88, whatever, you know, it's like a huge car, big old boat, big old V8. And, and I, and when I met her, I had a, you know, a little car and, and she was complaining because I went and fixed it and gave it to her. She, she had, it broke down and she parked it behind a building, said, I don't want it. I don't want to drive it. I don't want to be seen in it. And so I thought I was doing good. I thought maybe I would win this this young lady over. And so I got with another guy, and we towed it down to the mechanic shop, and we got it fixed. I put the, put the bill on my credit card, and I drove it up to her, and I said, here you go. I got your car fixed. You know what she did? She cried. And I said, why are you crying? You got, a, you got transportation now. And she said, I don't want to be seen in that. And I said, okay, so I gave her the keys to my car, and I took that old boat. But whether it's an old jalopy or whether it's a nice set of wheels, we have to be thankful and say, God, I'll serve you in this just like I'd serve you in that. And, in fact, you'll probably serve them a little bit better because you're praying, because you're praying that you make it where you're going. <laughs> Amen. There's some, so God will, one way or another, he'll make sure that you have a mindset, hey, you need to learn to serve me. To be thankful for what you've got and what you've been given. And this is, you know, November and we're coming up to Thanksgiving. But it's true that even even as a servant, we have to learn thankfulness. And so we surrender our preferences. We surrender our purpose. 
Mark 10, 43, it says, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And so we surrender our purpose to one another. You esteem your, your brother, your sister higher than yourself. Don't find problems in their life and try to criticize them and condemn them to try to make yourself feel better. But you esteem one another. Say, you know what? They have different problems than me, but we all have problems. And I'm going to esteem them. I'm going to minister them. I'm going to do what I can do. We have to surrender our resources, giving to the kingdom of God. And so that's exactly what Elisha did. He decided, God, if you're going to call me, I will serve you in whatever capacity you want me to serve you. The psalmist wrote that I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord. And so it's very important that we understand that, God, if I'm just opening the door and letting people in, I'm not going to just do that in the entryway, but I'm going to lead. I'm going to open the door to, to worship, to the anointing. I'm going to open the door by dancing and praising and lifting up your name and singing unto you and leading others into worship. That's what God is calling us to do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for your anointing, God, that you've called us to be servants in the house of the Lord. God, no matter what capacity we serve, we serve, we may serve the ministry team. The ministry team serves the church while serving you. Ultimately, all of us, no matter what position we're in, we're serving you, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us to get rid of the attitudes, get rid of the the criticism and the comparisons and help us to understand that we're all in this thing together, God, and we want to serve the Lord with gladness. God, we want to come into your presence with thanksgiving and come into your presence with your courts with praise. Lord, we want to understand and know today and get beyond the attitude of being served and being entertained and just being a part of something to, to really truly contributing, God, and drawing those who are lost and broken into your presence so that they can also receive, God, what you have for them today. God, I pray, God, for the main service that's coming up. I just pray, God, for every individual. God, for every visitor and every heart that's in this house. God, that you would move in this place. God, that your anointing would flow through us and in us, God. Don't let us, God, just come into this place and go through the motions today, but help us to serve you with gladness and to serve you with all of our heart, we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you today. We have a few minutes before the main service.